you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Galactic Holonet, welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast. I'm your host, Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius, Dread Pirate Lord. Joining me today is Alex Robeck, better known as Antigrapist, our ship's engineer. What's going on, Alex? Hey, guys. And also joining me today is Mark Fletcher, better known as Sable Griffin, the ship's cabin boy. What's going on, Sable? Greetings. Uh, also today is Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy, our janitor. What's going on down in the boiler room, uh, Scruffy? Uh, not a whole lot. I'm, it's looking like things are back to normal. Are we? Uh, are we all good now? Is everything cool? Or do I still well, be we Sozin's still in the brig, as a matter of point. Uh, um, uh, also joining us today is Jeff Jones, better known as Theorist, the ship's gunner. What's going on, Jeff? Uh, glad to be back. Very very glad. Yeah yeah, it's been it's been a minute, but I'm I'm super stoked that you're back, man. Vader had this thing. He was asking for bounty hunters. I showed up. Everybody had already left, so I'm back. <laughs> Went all that way out for nothing. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's kick this off with the booty section. Uh, anything interesting going on recently? Any tournaments that uh, that we've that we've gone to? Won anything along those lines? Well, I ended up going to a, uh, a super small uh, tournament that was using the spring kit as prize support. Okay. Grand total of six people there. Nice. Yeah, and uh, my dash plus VCX build went two and zero and got me the the top prize. So nice, man! I, D- dash Rendar is really like your boy. I love that. Yeah, I mean, he's maybe not the best ship, but he's at least fun to fly, and I own all his cards, so. So, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Uh, anything cool in the spring kit? Um, I really like these uh, fancy-looking um, the alt-art veteran instincts. Nice. They're, they're very, very cool-looking. Does anybody else have any booty that, that they'd want to talk about? Yeah, yeah, I got something. I got a ticket to Worlds. Oh. What? Why? Why are you going to be like that, man? <laughs> well, they just sent me this link. I went through it, got my <laughs> ticket. I'm good. I don't know what everybody's complaining about. Oh. I heard that okay. was a legend. <laughs> oh. Okay. We got to talk about this. This is in the middle of signing up for Worlds. It is. Wednesday, the 6th of July, and we are trying to get tickets to Worlds, and so far, failing. Uh, I think that now's a good time to kind of talk about our beef. I got beef with trying to sign up with FFG's Worlds. What is going on with this? I've tried two different times, and it has just been the most frustrating, horrible experience. Again! Yeah, yeah, it's it's a mess. I don't understand. Why doesn't everyone just win a regional? 
then you wouldn't have to deal with it. Right. It's 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 not just that though. I mean, like, don't they know that this game is popular? At the at this point, you knew two worlds ago that you really couldn't fit it in your game center anymore, and yet here we are. It's it's absolutely infuriating to me. Yeah, last year, last year, I was talking about this and saying they only have two options. The first is to uh, go to a bigger venue. The second is to get selective as to who comes. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that you're supposed to keep the casual alive, that it's an event for all skill level, but you don't have the space for that. Yeah, it trying frantically clicking refresh for about 15 <laughs> minutes during work is terrible. Let me okay, so you guys know this, but I, I gotta tell you my story about this because Blair, like so far, you've just failed to get tickets, right? I failed so right. hard. <laughs> yeah, so, it it's been rough. Yep. <laughs> so so. I like double failed. So I'm sitting here refreshing two different two different browsers for way, for day 1 and day 2 and then in a third browser I'm trying to click in a different you know like and so I've got internet explorer two tabs open and then or not two internet explorer I've got two tabs of internet explorer two tabs of google at work frantically refreshing trying to sign up for this thing and then today I thought I signed up for it, but I did not. I had uh, accidentally deleted my tab and tried to jump back in and I signed up and I'm so excited. Payment given $75. You know, I'm not stopping for anything trying to just make nail down, nail down my, my ticket, right? I'm, I'm super excited. And I look at the receipt after I'm done and I see that I had signed up for the Armada tournament. Now, I have a question, Rick. So how long from the time you saw that you had signed up to the time you noticed it was Armada? How much time was in there? Like a minute? I had I had three blissful minutes of thank because I'm at work. I you know, I probably <sighs> shouldn't be but I, I had three blissful minutes of like thinking I got in and <laughs> then anger because I'm on like a terrible pay period. I get paid Friday and I really only had about $75 of free money. So I, it's gone and I wasted $75. I'm going to get a refund, but I've got to like figure out a way to get like, I got to go get a credit card out or something to maybe get a spot at worlds. It's seriously incredibly frustrating. Uh, I'd rather, I'd rather. We all just say, yeah, I'm interested. They draw names out of a hat or something and then let me know because me frantically hitting refresh makes me want to punch my computer screen. And I don't own that when I'm at work. So (laughs) So have you ever experienced that range of emotions in that short period of time, Ricky? Because that's just in that pretty much like the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows in like a three minute span you're going through right there. The, uh, not in that quick of a, of a time period. Yeah. The, the best, the, the thing that it reminds me most of is, uh, I would say 
the World Series two years ago when the Royals were, you know, ninety feet away from tying and tying the game mm-hmm. uh, to 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 beat the Giants, and then you know we got we got the last out, and I don't know. Oh, it's sorry, that was, I that was I don't watch hockey, so I don't get the yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is <laughs> that is a human sport known as baseball. Um, I don't even like baseball, but. You know, if your team's in the World Series, you got to get hyped for it. Anyway, so not, I mean, personally, not, not in a long time, not that I could remember. And I'm still just livid about this. Oh, yeah. There's got to be, like, there's got to be a better way. Like, just randomly hand out. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Let me frame the problem for you. Let me frame this for you because I have a friend who wants to go to Worlds. Him and his girlfriend want to make the trip all the way across the country and go. They tried to get mm-hmm. tickets. She got a ticket. He couldn't. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, how horrible oh, is that? Oh, my God. That, that they, you know, they want to make this big thing. They're a couple. They want to go together. And one of them gets a ticket. The other one can't. It's stupid. It's just plain stupid. <sighs> the method that they're currently employing is – Whoever has the best data entry skills gets a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got to fill out that form as fast as humanly possible and click submit. And then refresh over and over and over again. I don't know. It was, Mm. it was absolutely infuriating. So well done, FFG. Um, you made me hate you a little bit and I don't like that. Uh, so that, that kind of sucks, but I want to try and move on to maybe happier beef. And that is the beef that Minox squadron <laughs> has with us. Uh, we just got I mean, beef with everyone. I'd say that beef. that's happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just Minox, they're, they're, they're small potatoes, you know, you oh, know, they, they, they wow. think that they come at us and, and our response is there's three of you guys there's three. We'll take three of us, and you know, whenever you're ready, it's you can meet the the, the it, true power of a fully armed and operational pirate ship. Question mark. I have been something? missing. Yeah. What is yeah. this about? Explain this to me. Yeah. So, so, Sozin on the first po- podcast that I missed was drunk with power and decided to uh, challenge the Minoc guys to uh, some some games. Is that about right, Blair? Pretty yeah. much. I mean, yeah. They had an awesome regional season, and Sozin wasn't happy about it, and basically <laughs> called him out, and here we are. Yep. Yeah, we we got to... We gotta, Cat and so, and he's gone now. So yeah, like now he hadn't been quote. here for two episodes because he's because he's quote unquote moving. <laughs> you know, good timing, good timing. <sighs> Anyways, so at some point it'll be three of us versus three of you. We're totally ready. Not concerned. Eh, I'm down. <laughs> Although we would we would prefer to uh, try to schedule this by some means other than podcast. This is like the most inconvenient format. To try and like arrange something, and yet appropriate telegram. Telegraph? I don't know. I mean, yeah. When when you think about it, though, um, I mean, at least 
the hype level is going to remain high because we're just going to be smack talking for half a year while trying to figure out what exactly uh, we're going to do. Any excuse to play X-Wing is my thinking. I like that. That's smart. All right. So anybody have any other beefs? Anything? Um, I'm kind of annoyed with Frank Brooks. <laughs> what? <laughs> Frank Brooks that who who we thought we killed and apparently is alive. Apparently, I'm not sure, but um, today in my inbox comes an email from a rules question I asked two and a half months ago, <laughs> and it's like it wasn't even that complicated. I just wanted to know to settle someone an argument online. Two point five months later, <laughs> to settle an argument online, the most noble of practices. <laughs> Wait, someone's wrong on the internet. Yeah, and I, I thought I was right. Turns out I, I can't, I can't remember what side of the base I was on. <laughs> and I'm going to pretend I was right. We're, that is the best thing I have ever heard. Uh, what was your question? <laughs> it was about what happens with Teltraver and damage pilot or damage cockpit, and you know, when you oh, get. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, dude, I asked around. that question on Reddit, Alex. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. Was that you? Was that when you submitted the question? Probably, because I was like, they should just tell us. Yeah, I remember that. That was like two and a half months ago. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, is this the news section? Oh, yeah. What was the answer, Alex? <laughs> uh, the answer was if Teltravera is blinded and then dies and comes back to life in between, you know, like pilot skill two, you know, then Teltravera does not get a shot that round. Hmm. Yeah. Now yeah. we know. You, All right. If you Good adjust enough. your pilot skill up above the point at which you are in the the combat phase, you don't get to shoot. Which doesn't oh. make any sense. Well, now- but it has to be that way because they changed the rules. It just fits. So, so is this a new is this gonna be a new permanent section, Ricky, where we just call out whoever we're pissed off at now? <laughs> Well, I mean, hopefully within the scope of X-Wing, <laughs> we got that. We got that from the Minox guys and uh, they're, they're infecting us with their, you know, with their beef. Anyways, <laughs> I think you're right. Let's move on. Let's move on to news. Uh, an FAQ dropped a crazy FAQ where they uh, the, the long and the short is they actually built out the timing windows for X-Wing, the every timing window you can think of, they clarified it. And there are plenty of good uh, explanations. Chris Sheriff did like a 23, how long was his? Like 20, 30, 40 minutes long? It was pretty long, but it was very, very good. Um, breaking down the actual you know, timing windows. Is there a Sort of. Does anybody have a kind of a brief rundown of what what sort of major changes happened? Or let's kind of run through the FAQ. Uh, okay. So the 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 biggest thing that happened with the the timing window clarifications was weapons that attack twice, like um, twin laser turret and cluster missiles. They now only get um, abilities that activate after attacking now only happen once after both attacks are done. So running fire control system with a twin laser turret 
is no longer as good. Tactician in a twin laser turret, it only gives you a single stress. Vader crew after a cluster missile. So, so, so how does that affect some? How do, how does that uh, affect? Yeah, stuff like cluster missile and gunner. Okay, okay cluster missiles are the same thing as twin laser turrets. They yeah, the gunner's wording. different. Um, gu- yeah, gunner is still diff- different. If you have like gunner and fire control system, you get the you know after combat um, fire control system target lock, and then gunner kicks in, and you can attack again. Cool. Okay. Well, that's good. What are some of the ma- major things that are affected by this change? One of the big ones for the for Gunner, of course, you've got. Uh, well, let's say Gunner and Luke function differently than TLT and. Uh, cluster missiles. As we mentioned, tactician is a big loser here. Cluster missiles, you can't get the double stress on with a tactician. Not that people use that much. TLT is a bigger deal. So that infamous 3K wing list with TLT and tactician is no longer viable. It's not terrible. It's just you, you can't stress it as bad. The other one is another thing you didn't see often, but when you saw it, it was very powerful was cluster missiles, Darth Vader crew. So you fire Vader, fire Vader. That was a bit painful. The one that uh, hurts me is I like Redline. I'm one of the only players I know that flies Redline at all. Yeah. Fire control system cluster missile combo on Redline is gone. You can still run. You can still run accuracy corrector, and with the guidance tip, you actually get a pretty good cluster missile out of that. But it's mm-hmm. just it weakens all his other missiles if you do that. So it's like he basically broke that chip. They made him really cool. They made it so that he interacted with fire control system, and you could, you know, it's, I don't know. He's, he's. I don't know if I'll keep flying him now. I. Right now, you guys can't see it, but I am actively pouring one out for Redline. <laughs> yeah. We're sorry, buddy. We thought you were cool. He is cool. So I just... think the biggest thing – I was going to say one of the biggest things to bear in mind for for this uh, for this FAQ, I think, is the Jumpmaster build, the classic version of it, is un, is no longer usable because of – the timing window with R4, Agramech, and Deadeye. Uh, so basically my understanding is when you spin the focus for Deadeye, there's no target, so Agramech doesn't work. That's or exactly Is that right. about right? So that that also really screws over uh, my, my boy Cavill, and that uh, suddenly that ship is even worse. Although I'll tell you, I actually like Dorsal Turret on him. But yeah, it's, it's blaster turret cavil's now gone, so that's I, kind of a bummer. I will say though that blaster turret did get a slight buff out of this too, because you can now target dark curse. Before you couldn't because spending the focus token that they had ruled that for a little while that oh yeah you can still spend the focus token for blaster turret on dark curse, but they didn't really have any grounds to say that there was no basis and rules they were just ruling that for game balance yeah now I, think, it's, I think that they should have 
now it's you can definitely attack dark curse with a blaster turret and you understand why same with um dead eye munitions that sort of thing well with the- so this right. isn't like a, this isn't a super big hit to jump masters because you can still run overclocked or recon some people it- think the overclocked is better I like recon. The overclocked is over, overclocked is better if and only if you're not fighting a stress build. I think that you know. Hopefully, that brings some some rebel stress builds back in a little bit. I'm not sad about that because the more rebel stress builds there are, the less likely you are to see. Pal bases, which I mean, I'm sure we're all super, you know, happy about that. Um, speaking um, of pal bases, one, go ahead. Okay, one thing I want to mention before we move on from Jump Masters is that losing the Agrimac does hurt them in the in the late game once they've lost their torpedoes, because now their shots are less accurate. You can no longer focus and then get a target lock. That yes. is true, because sometimes you float that lock for the next turn and then get a very accurate range one shot as you just charge the target. Right. Yeah, so I, I'm happy to see them maybe go down in power just a little bit, but I'm not sure things will really change. You know, I don't, I don't know if this was a direct, like I don't think they were purposefully trying to nerf the jump masters. I don't either. But the thing is, is that they definitely, I don't believe they really needed one. Everyone, cry, I've seen a lot of crying about the jump masters and how OP they are. But every time you really look at what's winning, it's it's not the jump masters. It's all these other lists. It's crack swarms. It's pal bases. It's that sort of thing. I think that maybe that's in response to the jump masters. Yes. But still, those lists were doing well pre jump master, and they're still doing well after it. It's just that they're doing especially well because of the lists that target them. You know, are easy are easily attacked by jump masters. For, one, for those, what one thing that makes flying against jump masters like more painful? It losing against jump masters feels more painful than losing against pal bases because against you know aces, you you have a long fought out game before you eventually lose. With jump masters, you know you get three torpedoes in your face, second, third round, and you lose some ships, and you're like you're just done. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, maybe you've lost with pal bases pretty early on, but it takes a long time for that to actually play out. For those players that have been playing this game for a couple of years now, when the Phantom came out, that was a much bigger issue. The U-boats are strong, but they're not breaking the meta. I've I've seen a lot of people wailing that the end is nigh because of the jump master, but this is nowhere near the, the original phantom issue, which basically meant there were two lists in the game. Now it's still a diverse meta. I run into stuff all the time that is not three, three jump masters and they do well against three jump masters. It's just the jump masters is kind of the first time scum has had a true threat Robots were strong, but had significant weaknesses early on. This is the first time that that people have really had to counter 
scum to this degree. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad that scum's at least getting good enough to be nerfable. Um, right. So, so speaking of uh, pal bases and some, you know, and th- their whole their whole thing is being able to manipulate dice and and that sort of thing. And there was a new rule that you can no longer use the same token uh, twice on the same attack, meaning you can't double. I mean, in it. You can't double focus, um, or I guess it's in defending, right? You can't use two focuses. I don't know why you would, but you you couldn't to uh, like say say your say your Garvin. You can no longer spend both focuses on one attack to give them to someone else. Actually, that one was already in place. It's the two evade tokens. That's yeah, new. Yeah, so you can't uh, use two evade tokens. I don't know how I feel about that. It seems like to be an arbitrary I guess the rules rule. Are, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't create a problem. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think it's fine as a rule. <laughs> I, yeah. I actually, uh, I, I'm excited about this rule in long term because it opens up some design space for them. I am 100 percent sure they no that's longer why have to worry it. about. Maybe it just means that we might see multiple evade token capabilities in the future without worrying about it being broken. Yeah, like that's just a pilot ability that they can use. Um, that's interesting. I like that. Um, let's see here. What are some of the other ones that we've kind of missed in the FAQ that are just something to note? My favorite one is one that will almost never come up, but I just love it. So I want to talk about it, which is Dead Men Switch versus IG-88A. Because of the timing window changes, it used to be that IG-88 recovered the shield before Dead Man Switch went off. Now Dead Man Switch goes off first. So if IG-88 has one hit point left, he still dies and then gets a shield. <laughs> Wait, what? No, the, one, <laughs> the, the one that I like is... Twin laser turret on the ghost. If you have a shuttle docked because of the attack twice rule, it's not considered like two attacks. It's considered one attack that you do twice. You now get basically four shots from your twin laser turret if you want it. I was already running some lists that way for fun, just casual and thought that they were pretty good. So now they're, I would say considerably better. So I, I don't know. That might be competitive. I don't know. Well, the thing so, is, is that I'm not opposed about- to that. When you think about it, though, the reason why I like that is the uh, the the phantom, the docked phantom. I always think of as points that you're not really using when it's docked, and so getting more value out of that um, out of that card. And it, I, I just think that's good. I mean, so that way maybe you see a little bit more ghosts with phantoms docked. I don't know. I just think that's, that's, that's interesting. The one thing that makes me wonder now is why does the uh, title have the text stating that you can't attack any more this round? Gunner. You can bring Gunner yeah, crew. Gunner that's why. Shenanigans. 
It could create some really weird interactions where you fire off your turret sideways, miss, and then use your main gun on something. That's why it's there. That's weird. <laughs> um, all right, so I do want to talk about the best droid of all time. The, uh, the, the, Me? <laughs> the <No>. trash droid <laughs> gonk. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. The, the trash droid Gonk, um, you know, because he's a trash can, uh, you can now use Gonk twice their different actions, right? Right. That needed to always, happen. ABG, always be Gonkin. Always be Gonkin, guys. That's exciting. Maybe that card gets a little bit used a little bit more often. Yes, it did. It gives Scum the ability to do some regen shenanigans. And I just think the card's funny, so I'm all for that card getting stronger. Um, let's see here. Is there anything else that we are missing that uh, that, that you think is important to cover in the FAQ? Nope. I, I think that's pretty much it. Cool. All right. So who do we think the winners of the FAQ are? Who won? Who come out of that going? Yeah, that that's awesome. Oh, wow. We're gonna maybe see a little bit um, more. Well, there's there's one that we didn't talk about, uh, which is Dengar. Okay. Uh, Dengar basically always gets to return fire if he has even already. If he dies, even if he dies, uh, or in another situation, if he's attacked by the ghost with Zeb crew. He still gets to shoot back. That's weird, but I'm kind of into it. Right. Well, because he attacks back during the activation of the ghost, which is when Zeb's timing ability is. Okay. The flip side is so, that if you attack the ghost during the end phase, like Cornhorn or another ghost, you can't because it's during the end phase and Zeb's window is closed. So, Blair, how do you feel about Dengar getting stronger? <laughs> well, uh, I'll uh, save my. I'll say no comment for that. <laughs> uh, not, nothing, nothing for the, for the for the Galactic Colonet. You know, I know you love Dengar. I love him. God, I love him. Uh, yeah, like maybe we'll see more Dengar and Manaru together. Your favorite combination. <laughs> Yeah, that, it's not a huge thing. I uh, most people were kind of playing it like that anyway, so I don't think that's really a huge thing, really. <laughs> uh, our boy Gonk won. He had to win. That guy is going to be trash compact, and and <laughs> I, I guess the only thing I can think of is, I mean, maybe like they're he's, they're they're converting trash into electricity and then electricity into shield energy. I don't know how it works, but he won. And uh, anybody else got any winners? How about uh, people who actually want to understand how combat timings work in X-Wing? I think we can all collectively be happy that you can actually look at something, figure out where it goes, and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. I think That's a real it's, fun. I think it's a a big win for the general players because it used to be for the average player, 
you'd walk into the tournament and you run into somebody like me who explains, oh, you can't do that because of fact. But grasping why was always difficult. You'd have to pull out rule books and go through two different sources and show the timing window or just say, that's the way it is. But judge, judge comes over and says, that's the way it is. And they never really learn. That's the way it is. Now, there's a very understandable flowchart. This happens here. This happens here. That's why this can or can't work. So uh, let's kind of jump into the losers of the FAQ. Clearly, your standard toilet bowls. Are not uh, are not going to do it. No, well. that's not true. That's not um, true. Any, not not true at all. The the standard the ones, the, the ones that ones were the, the R4 players that preferred R four Agromech are going to have to change their build because there's not going to be enough uh, points to run recon on all three, and they might not want to run the overclocked astromech because of the stress downside. So probably they're going to have to fiddle around. Maybe they drop an extra munitions off of one. Maybe they run like – I don't know if you can fit two recons and one overclocked. I don't know if that if that works. I think it might. I think that's 32, 34, 34. Mm-hmm. But like the people, specifically the players that were running R4 Agromech on their triple jump master list, those are the players that are impacted. Nobody else is really going to be that hurt as far as jump master players. Mm-hmm. Any other losers out of the FAQ? Uh, K-Wings. K-Wings. Yeah, the tactician-TLT <laughs> combo. Just wanted to run K-Wings with tactician. It had its day in the sun, though. It had kind of I, dropped off. It had kind of dropped off anyway, but yeah, that's definitely a loser. I'm not going to mourn that. So, much. yeah, also our boy Lando, his crew card is not as good anymore if he rolls double evade. Against a we six attacker. We saw that. If he rolls double evade right. versus a single attacker. It's a pretty specific scenario, actually. All right, so... So Imperial Veterans is on the board now yes. on tables now. So I really want to kind of transition into talking about Imperial Veterans. We got the new defenders, we got the new bombers, we got all the cars that kind of go along with this. I think to start, certainly the new shiny is the X7 title on defenders with Vessery, I believe is really the one that's got the most traction, but how are defenders uh, really going to change the meta? We'll get into bombers in a second, but let's, let's start at least with defenders. How are, how are they going to affect the meta moving forward? Well, the one thing that the defender does well is it turns around without becoming vulnerable or inaccurate. You put X7 on it, you do a K-turn, you with get the, a focus, with, you get an evade, you're still defending yourself. If you're Vestry, you're getting a, an accurate shot still. Uh, you can kind of dog some of these likely big ships. Juke, right? a lot, the, like the meta is full of like hard-to-kill ships. It takes a lot of shots to bring them down. Either you can't hardly get damage on them because they're an ace and they turtle constantly, or they're a large base ship with lots of health, and it just takes a lot of shots to get them off the board. 
That means if you are a small fighter, at some point you're going to have to K-turn or S-loop or something. Otherwise, you're just flying around aiming at nothing. Defenders are very good in that environment because they can turn around without getting shot off the board. Yeah, the K-turn evade combo with Juke is really, really handy. Like, that is a good move to be able to pull out of your back pocket and just, cause not only is it, it's, it's defensive and offensive at the exact same time. So, and it gives you a good position. So that is, I think of the two titles, I personally like the X7 better. You save points and you get, you know, juke shenanigans. It depends on the build. So of those two, those, yeah, that being said, I, I'm, I remember a game playing, uh, against you with the triple ion cannons and it was just walk off the board disgusting. So that's certainly still in play yeah, too. Uh, last season in, so in, um, the Vassal League, I, that was the first game that I played. I played that same list against somebody. I ended up going, I went up against double aggressors and just dismantled them. Yeah, it's it's certainly very good. Do you have so of of the title that X? We'll start with the X seven title, and I'll give you an opportunity to talk about the 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 D title, the X seven title. The the two that I'm seeing most prominently are Vessery and Glaives. Is that about accurate? I mean, has anybody seen any inter- anything interesting involving the X seven title that was and primarily also involving the Juke? Uh, uh, pilot talent. Has anybody seen anything different or anything along those lines? I've seen a bunch of Countess Ryod. Yeah. What do you, she's what do you think really about her? She's good. rad. Yeah, she's really rad, isn't she? Yeah. But having a 5K green is pretty awesome. Yeah, she works. I played against Morgan, who is running Palp Fell and Ryad. And she's she's actually really nice in that list because you know Fell's uh, shuttle's gonna start in the corner, Fell's going one way, Ryad's going the other. And if you if you have like a jousting list, you say you're going at Ryad, and she does like a five forward. Oh, you're coming at me. Okay, that's a K turn. Now I'm running away, and now Fell is behind you. If you go for Fell, you just keep that five straight, and now she's still going right at that list. Um, but as far as I've been seeing. Like every single defender pilot, to tell you the truth, like I've been seeing like VI Rexler to counter PS9s. I've just been seeing the generics. I think just the PS1 with the X7 is just, he's an awesome ship. He's tanky. He can block. Uh, I think, and I think the X7 title is where it's at. I can talk about why I think the D title is a fail if you want, but, uh, I, well, think, I think the X is the big win. Certainly, Jeff, I know that you've run the title, the D title before. Where do you think it sort of fits in? Um, yeah. Okay. The X7 title is a defensive title. It's, it's, you know, one less damage you're going to take that turn if you get shot at. And that's where the title can mess up. If you run a defender with an X7 in a list and you're not the target, then that card is not doing anything for you particularly. Until the end of the game. That's why I think you have to, that's why I think you have to combo. You do turtle pretty well at the end of the game and get shots pretty well because you have the white K turn. So you can just end up jousting, like sort of jousting somebody at the end and just trade shots with them constantly and try to win that way. It's not reliable, but the, the, 
ID title, it's not a card that does well if you're the only defender in the list, usually, because you're, you're making a more expensive defender. You're adding a cannon. And you're also raising your offense, which draws fire to you. But you have no way to defend that ship. The only way that would work maybe is if you had Palpatine and the TIE D title. But I have found that the TIE D title mm-hmm. works best if I run three defenders. If I run one or two, it doesn't work nearly as well. But when you run three, you're getting extra offense out of all three ships. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So you like you to run – your favorite is the trip def, is the trip defender with you, ion. You spam right? offense and you only put defensive guards on targets. That's that's the way that I say would run those titles. Is like if you if you're running an ace list, like it's like Vessery, Palpatine, and some ace, you put X seven there. If you are like running three defenders, it almost it would almost have to be three deltas. You run the tie D title, like three X sevens. Yeah. I've seen uh, three X seven Onyx with I think stealth on them, and it looks cool because you can't hardly hurt them. Yeah. But you don't get much offense out of that list, and they end up losing. Yeah, it's not nowadays with offense. You want to make sure that you can like guarantee it. In some variety three dice is sometimes just not enough unless you get a block. The, the irony of that is, is that every time that I have seen that fight between three deltas and three onyx, is that the the deltas, even though they have the worst PS win that fight just how how, how good the tidy title is when you can spam it yeah that makes sense you're getting two shots out of it i mean you're firing twice as often yeah it's it's basically plus one damage against against really really hard targets where you might miss it's worse than that but it's very nearly plus one damage so the question is like do you want plus one damage from the tie title and the control from Ion, which is generally the cannon you would bring. <clears throat> or do you know that your defender is going to be the target because it's the best ship in your list, like Vessery particularly, because his offense is good. Uh, then you put X7 to defend it. Or if you are trying to run um, like a ship that you want to survive and dogfight with, like Riad with PTL and Engine, is actually really good. You could put X7 on her to help keep her alive. So, Blair, why don't you like that title? Well, uh, if I talk to you, I've talked to you. I mean, I'm it. just going off what. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just been going off what I've just been seeing on Vassal for the most part. Uh, and like I said, Blade, he did really well. He's like in the finals of the deep core final four. And that's, that's what he's been running. And he played Dom in the top four and Dom knew he was going to bring defenders. He brought defenders with X seven and he still won anyway. Uh, I think the problem with the D title is that unless the only ship that can get modifiers on both shots is Vesere. And I just think it. I just think it burns down too quickly. Is a big thing because you're having to spend your focus on offense usually, or usually you want to. I still think they have kind of a tough time punching through like Fell. If you can punch through and get Fell ionized, obviously that's freaking huge. But I think it's hard to do it when you can only modify on one shot 
And you can't really fit crack shot in there if you're bringing all three. I just haven't had a whole lot of success with it myself. And uh, I'm just going off what I've just been seeing on Vassal to just, it looks like the X7 is a, the big winner. That's mostly what people have been running and having more success with. So, so we've purposefully not talked about the bomber because I, I I wanted to give uh, Sable some room to talk about it because he's, you know, certainly our resident bomber lover. And uh, you've been running a list recently with bombers that you think is really good with the new cards. Sable, what have you, what have you been up to? Yes. So, I think the Thai Bomber title is the best title in the pack. Screw the X7 and the Thai D. The Thai Shuttle is where it's at. <laughs> what have you been running? So, okay, simple. I start with a Scimitar Squadron pilot. That's the PS2 Thai Bomber with the Thai Shuttle mm-hmm. title and Tactician. Great. That's a, a little threat can stress people out. Awesome. Then I, the next ship is a Scimitar Squadron pilot with the title, Tactician, and Intel Agent. Keep in mind that they're PS2 and can barrel roll. So I can look at a dial and then my PS2 tie bombers can barrel roll into the way and it doesn't have to be the one with Intel Agent. Gives me a lot of blocking options, a lot of tactical options. The next ship I add is a Scimitar Squadron pilot with the TIE Shuttle, Tactician. I'm sensing a pattern. (laughs) And Agent Callus. This one becomes a serious threat and very defensive against one particular enemy enemy ship, which is big when there's only a few ships on the other side of the board. Finally, uh, so... Next, we have <laughs> a Scimitar Squadron pilot with Tactician and Rebel Captive. So right now I've got four Tacticians on the board. You're stressed, and if you attack Rebel Captive, you get another stress. Finally. Why uh, Rebel Captive over something like Mara Jade? Because I've got too much stress. Uh, I tried it with Mara Jade. Uh, thinking that, oh, if they try to rush me, I'm still stressing them, but they didn't really pan out. Uh, I flew them loose enough that generally I've got a range two shot or two on ever, uh, on anyone I want to shoot at. Marge so, just wasn't doing it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just asking here, um, cause it seems like between the Vader ship and he, the... He hasn't yeah, got which, to the Vader which, ship. Which I, That's the most interesting one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Scimitar Squadron Spoilers! Pilot, Spoilers! With Darth Vader and Hull Upgrade. No tactician. Hull Upgrade just, gives me an extra shot. That the And I can do that very huge threat. Oh, you're stressed. Now you're stressed. You can't defend anymore. Now I can punch through that extra damage. One of my favorite things is this has 31 hit points and it's all hull. Which means if you kill my list and don't overkill a single ship, I have two damage cards left. So how do you set this up? I'm just curious now at this point. How do you set this list up? So far, I'm still trying to figure out the exact 
way I want to set it up, but I've been setting up basically a skirmish line. It's not a formation. It's just a line of ships about half of my board width, depending upon where the asteroids are. Uh, and whichever one you're obviously going for, because they've got a one forward and a four forward and a barrel roll. And it's, I can easily just go one forward barrel roll with a one you're targeting and everybody else goes faster three hard, three bank, four forward. And suddenly you've got this, this engagement that's shaping up how you want it. No matter how they're trying to, to flank you, you've generally got this large area that, you know, Sunter is terrified of this list. Sure, I can mm-hmm. outfly any one of these guys, but there are five of them and I just can't deal with that number of, of range two arcs, just one of which will end me. And so, yeah, good. So of of these five, uh, these five tie bombers, which a I just want to go ahead and reiterate five tie bombers. That's beautiful, right? Um, of, <laughs> all right. So so clearly you like this archetype and this point structure. Your most expensive bomber is twenty two points, not that expensive. Your cheapest one you're running at eighteen points, which is the bomber with tactician. What right. sort of if if you had to use these as a building block, what would those building blocks be? Would it be two of them? Would it just be like just the base one with the tactician? Like what what does a, a block of these like look like if you want to add something like this to a list? If you add something like this to the list, you are adding the Vader tie shuttle, the Vader minibus. That mm-hmm. for you could even drop Paul upgrade. 19 points, that is a huge threat in your list towards a lot of ships in the game. And you can Mm -hmm. spare 19 points. That is such an easy find in many Imperial builds. It's terrifying. Darth Vader can be such a big threat to to Sunter, to Omega Leader, to all these, these agile ships. Now... Not only do they have to be agile, but they have to make sure they're not an arc of the TIE Bomber, or they have to waste precious time shooting the TIE Bomber. It has six hull defended by two dice, and it's 19 points. That's not easy to take off the board without taking some serious damage in return. Theoretically, they're pretty stressed too. So, so yeah. What do you? So let let's kind of like bring this out a little bit, guys. Uh, what do you think about the tie bomber in general? Are the the the, the bomber title in general? Is there any sort of other combos you guys have seen out there for the uh, the bomber title? The other one that I really love is Tomax Brent, who I've raved about. I wrote an article about this guy. This is one of the, this probably is the best new pilot. For yeah. those of you to, who don't know, his ability is when you spend, when you discard an EPT once per turn, you can flip it face up, which means eternal crack shot or eternal lightning reflexes or eternal adrenaline rush. Crackshot is probably the most obvious, but the other ones are very powerful too. So you take him, Crackshot, that's 25 points. If you've got two points to spare, you slap Agent Callus on him, and suddenly that's a 27-point 
threat. You can throw another tactician on if you've got another two points for 29 points. It's that is an amazing ship and it's cheap enough that you don't necessarily mind if you lose it. But if they don't go after him, you've got this heavy hammer. But he can't take a, a missile if he has a crew, correct? Correct. Okay. I think you said homing missile and tactician, or you meant no, one or the that's, other. No, I think he. Uh, no, tactician and ancient callus. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Homing missile is so, a different build. I, I think yeah. I was thinking homing missile, and that's why. I'm sorry, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> you can add yeah, that out. Yeah, homing missile crack shots. <laughs> homing missile crack shot is a good combo for him, though. Yeah. Well, and if you want to talk about other good combos for the Thai bomber, fleet officer, systems officer, and the Mark II title is absolutely incredible for a support ship. Here's a focus. Here's a focus. Here's a target lock. And my entire, I've got the same greens as an aggressor. One, two, three, bank green. One, two, three, forward green. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, the, the banks really help that a lot. That, um, that is, so let's, let's talk about long range scanners. That's something that hasn't really been it's not that it's underused, but for the most part, people are really tend to 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 go towards guidance ships over this card. Jeff, I remember you talking about this card way way back. Um, yeah. What about long range scanners might make it uh, something that you want to consider? It is basically, I would call it kind of an anti ace card. It's it's the easiest way to build a long-range loadout on a low-pilot skill bomber. Like a scimitar with long-range scanners, you're going to get a shot on the first turn of combat with a payload weapon because you pick up your target lock before combat ever starts, and then you fire. You focus on that turn, so let's say you brought homing missile, you actually get a target lock plus a focus to modify your homing missile on the first turn of combat with a scimitar. They weren't able to do that before. That could just basically erase an ace with right. a scimitar. <laughs> uh, the other thing is it allows you to run Should, uh, torpedo the thing, on a scimitar. That's a super cheap ship, and that basically shuts aces down. They have to avoid that arc. It's more dangerous than the tactician build, actually. So, so should we like pour another? Oh, should we pour? Should we should we pour one out for Colonel Jenden? Because I feel like long range scanners. It's just like taking him like from (laughs) something that we kind of went. Oh, that's a card maybe to like (laughs) like it's gone now. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if he'll always be terrible. And I'm still mad that he's the only alternate art card we have for the shuttle. I don't know. Um, Now, what other potential... Go ahead. For long-range scanners, another place you might consider is on any ship that can take it that doesn't have munitions. Why do I say that? It means that you are able to use your actions effectively when there's going to be no combat. 
when you're outside of range. That first round, okay, I've got a cluster of target locks. I'll use them on my primary weapon later. Just having them creates a threat. You can use it to fake people out. I've got this cluster of target locks here, but my target's actually over here, so they protect the wrong ship. It's a very effective tactic, and since it's free, and you, if if you take it on a ship that doesn't have that isn't fighting for that slot for guidance ships or other things, that's a very potent ability. That's a very potent threat on the board for zero points. That's a good point. Uh, what kind of uh, ships have a good gun for that? Is the question now. Like TLTK wing, well, fire spray. Uh, what else can take fire this spray? Uh, I like, yeah, I like it on the fire spray, particularly on Cath Scarlet. Um, Vi Dengar, this sure. So Alex, you had a really interesting combo that you brought up. Uh, comboing. I'm not sure actually sure if this was Alex or Blair who put this up there, but about homing missiles and Miranda. Why don't you walk me through that? Yeah, so I mean, I've been talking about this with my friend uh, Dave for a while now. He saw it over in like Nashville where it was like scaring a bunch of people where, you know, even before guidance chips came out, Miranda with a homing missile can just put out a ton of damage and, and a burst shot. So now if you now you have the option of running long range scanners on Miranda and becoming even more accurate. <laughs> Fly even better. Um, so that is, that is really threatening too, because that's a five dice shot. You can't use your evade and She's picking up the focus now. And, and you have target lock focus. She wasn't doing that before and yeah. it was already kind of scary. <laughs> A similar line, just as an aside, uh, there's a reason that I had been running Andrew with crack shot glitter stem homing missiles. <sighs> right. So you just move in, you've got five dice, target lock, focus, and you remove one of their evades. Yeah, that's going to delete a ship. Yeah, that that's pretty exciting, and I certainly think that long range scanners are very possible. All right, so <laughs> this is going to be Alex hates his time. Who's a uh, who's our winner, Matt uh, Congdon? I'm gonna I'm gonna redo this. That's okay. I just wanted to see the list. Should have thought about this. Where did? Um, Uh, okay. Um, where, where did he uh, submit this list at, Alex? Yeah, but where did he, he emailed it to scumvillainypodcast at gmail.com. All right, cool. Uh, so I do want to go over, so let's transition to the list of submissions that we received for last week's contest. Last week's contest was last week's, two weeks ago's contest. We asked for quick draw lists. We, we have that new Thai special forces list or spe- special forces ship. And we wanted to see quick draw because we think that potentially could be cool. And it's a PS nine ship. So we definitely are interested. 
And we got our winning list this week was submitted by Matt uh, Congdon, who submitted uh, a list to scum and villainy podcast at gmail.com. He calls the list uh, the quick and the dead. And it is, why don't we have, uh, Blair, you want to break this list down? Well, he actually uh, wrote out his commentary for us. If you want me to just uh, go ahead and read that, I think he would feel feel free. Feel okay. free. You can you can okay. you can give us a rundown and then kind of give us your thoughts on it. Okay, so he's got quick draw with the title, uh, rage baffle, and then he's got your with uh, just sensor jammer, and then whisper with callus vi fcs and ecd and. Uh, Here's his little commentary. Uh, you forgot the spec ops training for uh, for Quickdraw. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. My apologies. Okay, so Quickdraw. Here's his uh, commentary word for it. Quickdraw is the burning candle at both ends in order to crank out as many attacks as possible before he dies. He uses rage, burns one stress as baffle, triggers his ability in the activation phase, and either keeps the second stress or passes it to your. Rage is cheaper than push. It also allows rerolls on each attack, which is very cool. Uh, and then Yor can also use Quick Draw to keep using Rage even when he runs out of shields. Keep one stress past the other one to Yor. And then he's got Whisper uh, just to fill it out, just to kind of help against generics and stuff and just keep throwing out a lot of dice. And uh, it's good endgame shift for once Quick Draw, quick draw goes down. And uh, and they just got sensor jammer to help try to keep your alive even longer. Uh, you probably could go somewhere else with that if you wanted to, but uh, yeah, that's that's the winning list. Congrats, Matt Congdon, aka Transmogrifier, Simon Vassal. So, what do you think about that list, Blair? Uh, he makes some good points about rage. It's cheaper than push, and you get rerolls on all your attacks. Uh, uh, so that's. You know, potentially eight dice are thrown out that you get rerolls on both. And uh, I, it, it'd be interesting. We still need an FAQ on, on Quick Draw, unfortunately, to see if he is capable of uh, being the signature killer that I think most people want him to be. But I, yeah, I think it's a pretty solid list for sure. What do you think about that your sensor jammer combo? Uh, Jeff, do you think there's uh, any sort of room there? For, for alternates uh, in that spot, or do you think it's too important for the rage? Uh, well, I like your in that spot for sure because you can't. Okay, he's got baffle on there, so you're getting rid of one stress right away. You're just discarding it, and then you can just green move to get rid of the other. So you you don't actually need your in the list as long as you're on green moves. And Quick Draw is going to die really, really fast because he's killing himself. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the the amount of firepower coming out of what is basically a, a almost immobile, easy to aim at target with not that much health. Um, no, I don't actually think Yor is necessary. I think that he's useful in this particular list mainly because Whisper is also in the list. It allows Whisper to K-turn, pass the stress to Yor. That way, Whisper can cloak back up after her shot. So, yours doing double duty. That's why I think yours good in this list. Mm-hmm. Alex, you have any thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I like that he has. This is a ninety-seven point list, so that's a three-point initiative bid, which I I think is a good idea 
because both Quickdraw <coughs> and Whisper want to have initiative if yeah. they're facing other PS9 ships. Yep. Wait, this is 97 points? Yeah. It seems pretty good for 97 points. The only thing, like, I wonder if throwing uh, I'm, Pal- a Palpatine in there might be decent. What are you thinking, Mark? I'm thinking it's oh, 100 wait, points. Oh, you're right, it is 100 points. Forgot to upgrade your and the squad builder. Oh. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> right. Oh, well. Well, he mentions that, that you could drop the sensor jammer if you wanted a ridiculous uh, uh, initiative bid. So, yeah, I would, I would seriously consider running something other than sensor jammer. One yeah. of the things I like about Baffle. this. Baffle! Yeah, it would make Baffle sense here, actually. Is so good. There's no way they can afford to shoot at the shuttle. Baffle's perfect. And Baffle also gets rid of the shuttles, uh, the stress that yours collecting. <laughs> yes! I love that card. It's turning Baffle out to be a pretty so good much. card. <laughs> one of the, yeah, uh, one of the neat things about this list is that Whisper and Quickdraw kind of cover each other's weakness. Now, both of them are going to struggle against uh, a PS11 Han or PS10 Cherno, but those aren't common right now. The standard counters to Whisper, Vader, Sunter, all the PS10 stuff, is vulnerable to Quickdraw, while Whisper covers those lower pilot skill ships that would quickly burn down quick draw. So I, I like that it covers its weaknesses somewhat. Yeah, I think it's fun. And anytime I get to see Baffle, I'm excited. Uh, yes. I love So baffles. anyways, congrats to uh, Matt for winning our uh, contest. What should next week's contest be? Hmm. Lump, lump, lump. Jeff, you've, it's been a while since you've been been in. Uh, what kind of list do you want to see? Actually, I – well, we can't say Baffle because Baffle goes so well in this list. I think he would just win again with the same list. Um, <laughs> actually, I would like to see more long-range sensors list. I like, I like that card a lot. I think it's going to be one of the cards that helps define the meta now that that set is out. Because it is so good against the ace lists. And I think that ta- like anything that yeah. aims at the top list is going to be an earthquake to the meta. All right. So you heard it. We want to he- see a long-range scanner list. So bring that card and submit your lists to us. Scum and Villainy Podcast at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash scum and villainy. Or feel free to submit to on FFG on any of our threads. Or what well, we got a Twitter, don't we? It's uh twitter.com slash scum and villainy podcast. Yeah. Or at scum and villainy podcast. Anyway, so that'll be uh next week's um, next week's contest. Feel free to also uh submit any sort of uh, things that you would like us to discuss last week. We were asked to discuss some underused cards. We'll try and get into that if we can so feel free to continue to give us uh, suggestions we're always interested um all right so let's wrap this up for um alex robeck better known as anti-grapist for mark fletcher better known as sable griffin 
Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy. Jeff Jones, better known as Theorist. My name is Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius. This is the Scum and Villainy Podcast. Thank you, Galactic Colonet, and good hunting. <laughs>